Welcome to Parent to Parent, real-life tips to raise resilient kids. A podcast from Communities That Care of Greater Downingtown. This is Chrissy Jambowski, and I have two young kids. And I'm Beth Ann Sinelli, and I have two adult kids. Together, we'll meet with experts and fellow parents to share personal stories and provide support and actionable steps to strengthen your family and raise healthy kids. We're glad you're here. Let's get started. So welcome to Parent to Parent. This is Beth Ann. And this is Chrissy. And today we are very excited to talk with our guest, Sarah Kimmel from Family Tech, about how to stay sane while navigating tech use in our homes and with our kids. It's like the ultimate current challenge of every parent. Um, so Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. And also, could you just um, start off by giving us a little bit of information about yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. And definitely happy to be here. I love talking about this topic, obviously. Uh, But my background, I've been an IT manager for over 20 years. um, And then being the mom in the neighborhood that actually knew a lot about technology, I got so many questions from friends, family. So I decided to start a blog to help everyone. Um, And so I didn't have to answer the same question over and over and over again. I'm just like, just go to the blog. Uh, But that was back in 2009. So I've since kind of pivoted a lot of my content with the changing times. So now it's more my podcast, which is called Family Tech Talk. uh, And my Instagram page and my YouTube channel is where I focus most of my attention. But that's kind of what I do, just help families understand technology and help them be the tech expert in their home. Yeah. And I will say, because I do follow you on Instagram and I have started to do a deep dive on your YouTube channel, which I can link all of that up in the show notes, that the thing that I love the best about the your tutorials and how-tos and stuff is how you're like, here is the phone. Like you're literally showing like, this is how you tap it as you go. So it's like tech parent controls for dummies or something like it's just because I would never be able to find all of that stuff and some of it like my kids don't have phones yet but I like bookmarking those things with an Instagram because I'm like this is all the stuff that I'm going to have to get on top of once we get to that place so I'll be sure to link all your stuff so folks can find you and follow you because it's it's good and it's to the point and I very much appreciate it. It's funny that you mentioned the kind of four dummies. Uh, it was when I first started in 2009, it was actually called um, Tech for Mommies. Oh. And it was supposed to be a play on the dummies yeah. thing, like just for mommies, but uh-huh. nobody oh. got it. And so I shortened it to Tech for Moms. And then I got frustrated that people thought it was just for moms. So I'm like, no, it's for the whole family. Yeah. So I rebranded to Family Tech, but I, I love that you said the whole four dummies thing. That was the original purpose. But it, yeah. it, it totally is. It totally is because I can't even keep track of all of the things. And like, I need to go back as we're, um, because we just recently moved. So that was like my mission this summer was to reset up all the parental controls on things. And we got a router because we have Xfinity where we live. And so my husband was like, hey, we, can, we have to get a new router and we can get one that they have special controls that come with it, parent controls. But then I'm like, wait, there's this thing called Gryphon or Griffin. Griffin, yeah. I'm like, is it comparable to that? Like I have to, so I need to do my homework and like find all of those things. Because as before we even got on this call, I kicked my kids off of screens and I was like, find something else to do. I'm going to record a podcast. You need to find, (laughs) you already had enough screen time today. Go find something else to do. And then I found my son on his tablet and he's watching a YouTube video and it's, I have no idea what it was, but let's just say I'm like, "Mm, this is not appropriate for you, but I don't know how it got through because Mm. I have parental controls on that thing. So, and I know we're going to get to that. We're going to come back. I have a question about that. So we'll come back to that. This has been an ongoing topic of conversation for our, for communities that care of greater Downingtown in terms of blog posts, podcasts, Mm -hmm. and parent speaker series. And we always sort of, everything about mental health seems to go back and circle back around to technology and social media. And um, it's, it's a ongoing topic of conversation, you know, personally, and also through the work that we're doing with our, with our parent um, parent focus. And I hear about it this morning, Christy and I went for a run one morning this week. And it, I, I would say most days it is the topic of our morning conversation, some aspect of technology and social media and what's going on and the struggles with that. And I'm not very helpful because as I just shared with you, it didn't exist. So there were flip phones and there were video games you played on your TV. 
We, not everybody, we didn't even have, we had one laptop in the house that I had for work. So none of this existed. So I'm not very helpful in how to balance phones. You know, when Christy says, how did you deal with X? Mm -hmm. I can answer a lot of it, but not when it comes to balancing phones and screens and video games and technology and sort of the good, bad, and the ugly of that. So you are here today to hopefully put that into perspective for us. Um, and so I guess my first question for you is, can you just explain your personal viewpoint on this overall tech monster, if it's what it is, and how does it play into family life? Like what perspective do you bring to technology and family life? Yeah, for sure. So I love technology. It, uh, you know, it's been my career for over 20 years. Uh, I have had a computer in my house, you know, and as a 44 year old, this is somewhat rare, but I've had a computer since I can remember because my dad is also in tech. So um, I was playing around on like, you know, a, before Windows even was a thing uh, on a computer. So uh, I've always kind of had a lot of, of technology and I love it. So, but I think what it, it, technology can do, it can make our lives so much better and it's so much fun, but it needs to be put in its place basically. So I am an intentional use of technology instead of mindless use of technology. So just as long as people are making sure that they're using it as the amazing tool that it is uh, and don't allow it to use you. So how do you get to the point where, because this is what I find is I would love that to be my tech personal mission statement. And like, how do you, and I know you're going to kind of share with us the way that, and is it, is it, how do you make it so you feel that way without making it feel like it's a full-time job? Because what I'm finding in conversations with other parents that I have and what I personally feel myself is that I just feel very resentful that this is something that I have to deal with, if that makes sense. And I don't know if you've heard this from other parents and families that you've worked with, but it's like, I'm like, I feel very resentful and angry that it's like, I brought the stuff into the house. Like we have, we have the iPad, we got the tablet, like, you know, and we're going to talk about what, how, how to reel it back in when it gets out of control. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, but I also feel like there's such a cultural pressure or just norms that like, it's not just like passively watching TV. It's like, okay, there's Netflix and there's YouTube and there's all these things. And I just feel like very overwhelmed and anxious because I feel like, and annoyed because I just feel like it's something else that I have to manage. And it's like a full-time job to stay on top of it. So how do you, is it like a reframe that we have to have instead of looking at it as this horrible, toxic thing and do we have to, you know, do I have to care less? Am I too worried over nothing? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because on a day-to-day -day basis, I just find myself feeling very annoyed that I'm constantly in a power struggle with my kids of like, they used up their screen time and they're constantly asking for it and they're fixated on it. And we can be at the pool and having a great day and swimming. And as soon as we get in the car to go home, hey, can we have screen time when we get home? Like, it's just, it's always top of mind for them. And I feel like, it's just all of it's annoying to me and trying to stay up to date and looking up all the things on common sense media. And I just do feel like it's, it's very all consuming. So like, I just asked you like 15 questions in one, but <laughs> yeah, I can answer all of those questions. <laughs> um, no, and it is for sure a mindset change and we need to really kind of understand that it's definitely not the way we grew up. Mm -mm. You know, when I grew up, like I said, I had a computer. We had the internet when Everybody, I was in high school, yep. um, but I had a pager, like smartphones, yes. cell phones weren't we a, a flip, thing. Uh, we had a flip phone. Texting just came out when I was yeah. then. I'm just a little, a couple years younger than you. So like, it was like, yeah. I was ending high school and it was like texting was like my senior year. And it's like, you press every button five times to get the right letter. Like it, everyone was right. like, what is this texting thing? Yeah. 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 The T9 texting. I got my first uh, flip phone when I was in college, I think yeah. like maybe like sophomore or junior yep. year in college. But, yep. uh, but so that's kind of where we're starting from. We didn't have it. And so it's hard for us to really understand how they are living. And mm -hmm. so really kind of understanding the difference. So I would hang out at my friend's house and watch MTV all day. Right. Mm -hmm. That is what we did yep. in school. 
uh, especially during the summer. Like literally we would sit and watch music videos the entire yeah. day. Yeah. And so when I think about that, I think about, you know, my kids watching a YouTube video, you know, my parents probably like, why don't you just listen to the radio? Why are you watching music videos? You know? And so for us, like, why are you watching somebody else play a video game? Why don't you just play the video game? Um, and so just kind of thinking about what, what I do that my parents thought was completely ridiculous and kind of reframe that and be like, okay, so that's kind of similar to what my kids are doing that I think is completely ridiculous. Um, and so like with regard to like the video game, like watching, it's actually like watching somebody play sports, you know? So if I'm playing, if I'm watching a football game, I'm watching my 49ers, I'm not going to play that football game, but I like to watch them play it. And it's the same kind of thing for the kids. You know, they like to watch somebody who is good at the game, play the game. And so it's just changing those like, okay, this is what I like. And this is how it's kind of similar to what they like. And really just kind of helping understand their world, because it's definitely not the same world that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. And I really, those are all really good points because I do feel like, I do feel like there is like this messaging though, too, that's like screens are bad. You can't like, it's just in different ways. It's packaged in different ways. And also, you know, all of the the headlines and research that's coming out, like we're in a loneliness epidemic of all ages. And it's also because adults are using screens too much. And so we're isolated from each other and all these things. So I feel like it leans more screens are toxic and bad. And so then we're like, oh my God, my kids are on screens all the time, which means I must be feeding them toxic screens. Like, and I'm a bad parent. Like, I feel like that's wrapped up in this as well. Does that sound accurate to you or like not yeah, accurate to you like you believe it, but like that's what's out there. I right. Think. Yeah, that's definitely the narrative. And uh, the reason it's wrong is because there can be good screen time and bad screen time. So there's really good educational content on YouTube. My son can learn coding. He's like, you know, so he's on his computer, but he's developing a game or, you know, they're on Minecraft and they're like building these worlds. It's like Legos, but like on the computer. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can be really good and educational about screens. And then of course there's entertaining things. So I like to kind of compare it to food, you know, so you get the broccoli, which is the like educational content or, you know, when I'm on a screen, I'm actually like working on a project or writing a story or doing something. And then there's the like, you know, candy content that's just, you know, watching somebody play a video game or something like that. And the candy is okay. You just need to rein it in and balance it with the broccoli. And I feel like my, especially with my older child, you know, once he hit, he's going into fifth grade now. So he's 10. So I feel like once he hit third grade, I want to say it was after COVID. It was when we were back in school. And so Mm -hmm. once he was in like third and then especially fourth grade, like it's, there was a shift or something just where gaming took a bigger presence, the social aspects of it. Like he does, cause he does, he plays Minecraft, he plays Roblox. And a piece of that too, is he's like, wants to find people and meet them in there. And the same thing. And I'm like, well, it's age appropriate for how old he is. Like I looked up the games and it's age appropriate. However, Roblox added like a shooting game. Apparently, I don't know. It's not. Well, Roblox is all user generated content. So the games on Roblox is created by random users. So not all the games are appropriate for kids. Just FYI. How do I, so what, how do I, what do I, okay. So like, how do I, how do I make it so they're only on the the appropriate worlds that, right? Is it worlds that they're in, right? Not just games that they can play. Like, yeah. So um, there is a setting in the parental controls for Roblox where they can only play games that are created by Roblox um, and which would eliminate all the user generated content. But um, write that down. Write that down. A, a lot of um, a lot of kids don't really like the setting because it eliminates a lot of the games. Games that, that look yeah. like Fortnite, that look like Roblox Fortnite, where you're shooting people. Yeah. And I was like, they're shooting games in Roblox now because I have him use this 
on, he's playing it on a computer, which also mm -hmm. I listened to your episode that was like five mistakes. Parents are still, or no, your YouTube video that was like five mistakes. Parents are still making all of the time with technology. And I was like, oh yeah, I got like at least three, possibly four out of five. Yes. <laughs> that really? Yeah. It's just like, because like certain things I'm really good about, like looking up on, like when he first got his tablet and it's an Amazon okay. fire, fire tablet. Yep. And it's nice because it has like the time limits and it's, it is, seems, it seems for me, user-friendly for me to control it. And so like, he mm -hmm. can't download any games without me looking at it first. And then every time he would ask for a game, I would say, I'm going to look this up on common sense media to see what the rating is and see what other parents are saying about it. And that's kind of was like my protocol that I followed for choosing games and content for him. But now we made the yeah. problem. And I don't remember how this happened. Somehow it ended up, he was using an old laptop that we had. I'm sure you're like, oh, I know where this story is going. And, <laughs> and he, and then it's just like, he was using it to like write stories, like on word, like he would make up stories and things or like put oh, things yeah. in like, which is innocuous. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Whatever. And he yeah. has a creative kid. And then it was like, oh, look, I can play Minecraft on here. Oh, I can play Roblox on here. Okay. Now cut to, apparently he's on discord. I just learned this. Like mm. I, yeah, it's bad. I, and I oh. don't, he was mentioning discord and I was with my friend and I was like, wait, I feel like that's not my yeah. one friend was like, Oh, you're on discord. And he was, I don't know if he has a username or if he watches things. I don't know enough about it. Basically we moved over the summer. I've been completely checked out on this. And I feel like I just gave him like the bottomless pit to like everything bad in this yeah. computer. And it's like off the rails. And that's like where I need to reel it back in. And let me ask you this. If I may, hmm. my solution to this is to take the PC away completely because, yeah, because he's, he's, but wait, hang on. I'm not going scorched oh. earth though, because I'm like, cause, oh, cause yeah. he does like playing video games and he finds people on Roblox and Minecraft and stuff and they play games together. So there's like a friend social aspect to it. Um, so I'm like, you know, I think we might just get you like a gaming console because then because I'm just thinking of like, I played video games. I loved playing my Nintendo. I had approximately three games. I had Duck Hunt, I had Tetris, and I had Mario Brothers. And I would sit and play Tetris. <laughs> the best three. The best three. Anyway. I am so good at Tetris and I loved it so much. And I would play that thing. My mom would let me play it for hours. However, it was on this little TV in the laundry room of our house. And I had to sit on the floor. It was like not remotely. It wasn't like in a basement on a sectional sofa on a big screen TV. It was not comfortable. Yeah, no. But I would still yeah. sit there and play it for hours. And I have no idea where the heck my mom was or my sisters were or whatever. But I just played the, the game and I loved it. But I bore, But there was no, that you put the game in the thing and then you played the one game. I had one of three games and that was it. It wasn't like a cloud yeah. server and the Steam thing. And that I have to get in a new game and all of these things that just exist in this bottomless pit of the internet. So to me, somehow in my mind, I rationalized, well, we're going to buy you an Xbox <laughs> because mm. I'm like, because oh. my understanding is, and I said, I told him, I said, I have to do more research on this, but my understanding is we c I could make it. So you have like five games, two of them being Roblox and Minecraft. Cause you like to play those games and put, all of the research and time and effort into setting up all the parental controls and make it so it's the thing where there's not like the game pass thing where you can just play whatever's on this server cloud. Like it, you have to download the games and I have to approve the downloads. So does that seem like a, a good plan to reel it in? Sarah, what do you, yeah. think, of, what do you think of this plan? <laughs> so going, circling back a little bit, mm -hmm. this court is 13 and over. Um, so a 10 year old should absolutely not have a discord account. Okay. Um, is that all you can do on it is have an account? Like, can you access it in any other way or you have to have an account to access it? You have to have an account. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so he's lied about his age. Yep. Um, oh God. <laughs> okay. Let me just write down this list of sins that have been committed in my house. As oh, you go yeah. oh, geez. That's, okay. that's it's true. It's true. Cause that's on one of your things that I saw is like, if you're looking at games with your kids and it's like, well, it's only made and you have to put your age in and you say, oh, you can have this anyway. We'll just put mess with your, you know, birth date or whatever. You're sending the signal to your kid. It's cool to lie about your age and lie about you're sending like saying, you know, virtue right. signaling lying is okay, which is obviously yeah. not really what we want to teach our kids. So exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So shut down discord right away. Uh -huh. Um, 
which and I'm okay with Discord for older teens. Um, I actually have a whole video about like what Discord is, mm-hmm. how to use it, and everything. And I have a Discord server, um, for family tech that will um, like the parents can come in and kind of learn how to use Discord. Because my thing is always be where your kids are sharing. And so, like Beth then was talking about being on Facebook with. Uh, when her kids were on mm-hmm. Facebook, exactly the right uh, scenario. You know, if, if if my daughter wants Instagram and she's over 13, um, then I would also have to be on Instagram. If my son wants Discord, then I also need to be on Discord. Like, and whether I'm interacting with them is kind of neither here nor there, but I just need to be there, see what they're mm-hmm. sharing, see what they're doing because, you know, nobody wants their mom to be like, oh, you look cute, you mm-hmm. know, don't do that. <laughs> but um, but just make sure you're there and you see kind of like, and especially like with TikTok or something, um, see what's trending, see kind of the challenges that are are going on. So you can kind of see what kind of things are popular on those platforms. And so you can have conversations with your kids. Um, so, so that's, that's my little like discord um, yeah, soapbox. It's really there. bad. This is uh, bad, Sarah. It's really bad. This is bad. <laughs> it's okay. Like, I mean, and you're, you're not alone for sure. This is like such a prevalent well, problem. And this is, and this is what happened truly is that we moved over the months of June and July. We sold, we staged a house, sold a house, bought a house, moved from the house to house. Like it was like, the kids are like, we want to be on screens. And I'm like, a lot. <laughs> I had, to, I worked two jobs. My husband works full time. It, it's the classic, like, and I'm not rationalizing. I'm not proud of it, but I'm like, guys go find something to do. And I didn't do the, you know, diligence to set up all the parental things that I probably should have on this PC and just assumed every time I walk by and glance at you, he's watching people play games on YouTube or <laughs> Weird. playing Roblox or like, that's what I'm seeing. So I don't really, yeah. but I'm not next to him every single second. That's all I'm right. glancing at when I'm walking by. Cause I do say it, it, you can't take it. None of this lives in your bedroom. It has to be out where I can see you and see what you're looking at. However, he started to put on ear like headphones. So then I'm not hearing it. Sure. So I have to physically be like, what are you looking at? What's going on over here? Yeah. So you know, but that, that's how it happened. But like, that's why I have this pull of like, I need to get this together because I feel like this is out of control. Like, yeah. So, and they're like, oh yeah, it is. He's, he's, you know? yeah, yeah, it is. so, and so the other thing I wanted to mention, um, so it's a PC. So Microsoft has built in parental controls that you can set, um, just called Microsoft family safety. Okay. Um, I have a whole video on how to set up parental controls for a PC. Um, and that is how you can prevent them from installing any apps or block different websites. Mm-hmm. You can set time limits so that the, like the whole computer will just, you know, shut down at a specific time or after a specific amount of time. So there's a lot of things you can do with like, and it's totally free. So it's just the built-in Microsoft parental controls that you can set. So you can definitely Rain that PC in like today if you want. What listeners are not seeing is on Zoom as we Zoom each other recording this podcast is my expression of awe and wonder and disbelief. <laughs> well, Chrissy, I think this is really helpful since I have very little to contribute to the conversation, obviously. But um, but Sarah gave you, because my answer was going to be to do with that laptop, what we did with my mother when she could no longer drive her car and she wouldn't <laughs> listen. And we told her that it was broken. And all we did was do something that the car was not able to move out of the garage anymore. So she was safe. So perhaps, I don't know if you want to like go to that extreme with that PC and make it not work anymore. Or as my friend used to do, put everything in the trunk of her car and drive and go to work and drive. Uh So none of nothing's accessible with her in her trunk, Mm -hmm. all the above. I think Sarah has a much more um, appropriate response to this than (laughs) my two, my last two examples to you, which are all I have for like when people can no longer handle the whatever devices and you have to basically lie for their, for their, on their behalf, which is probably (laughs) not a good thing. So that is like the, um, (laughs) when you just clip the edge of the, um, pacifier and they're like, Oh, the pacifier is broken now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so, so, oh, look, oh, Oh, it's so bad for you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Right. (laughs) See, but it's every, it's for your own good. I'm doing this for your own good. So it's okay. Is there the batteries from the loud toy? Oh, exactly. (laughs) Right. So is there, I mean, is with video gaming, just as an aside, is there a hierarchy of one is better than the other or no, is it just a preference thing? 
Cause now like, um, for families and for kids, the Nintendo switch is an amazing, um, he, he's device. like, you can't do anything on it. I don't want to play that because that's, that was my, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm the parent. How about I just say you get nothing or you get this and right. because I think it's like, you know, I don't know why it was just like, you can't do it. I guess there's not as much social things you can do on the switch. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, which makes it a great device. Um, yeah. But the um, the Switch just has like a lot more age appropriate games uh-huh. and things like that. Um, so I really like the Switch, especially for the whole family. But um, like you're saying with the Xbox, the same Microsoft family safety parental controls, they also control Xbox. Okay. So they'll control the PC and the Xbox and you can set the same kind of controls within the same thing and there's a uh an app for your phone so you can approve time requests like right from your phone and things like that but it's the same application for the pc and for the xbox so um if you're gonna go either route then um you know like if you just let them keep the pc and put parental controls and and do that um or you have the xbox it's literally the exact same app you would use for the parental controls on both devices then I'm going to save like $300 and not buy a dumb <laughs> console and just do yeah. all of the same things. Okay. True. But that's the thing is because I also was just, because the way that I laid it out was like, listen, if we get this, you have five games, no YouTube, none of that. Like yeah. you just have these five games and you can play it and you need to have time limits and that's it. Because I think yeah. I was talking to another parent. I didn't realize this and they shared with me like, oh no, it's an app on your phone. Like you could shut the whole thing down from your phone. I'm like, right. you can. They're like, yeah. yeah I'm like, great. I would love that power. That sounds wonderful to me. So it is a really nice power to have. I promise. I know it's, it's really fun. It's, um, but the PlayStation also has um, similar parental controls that are built in that you would just download the application and um, and set the parental controls just through the PlayStation network. So I really uh, on that front, Xbox and PlayStation, it's about the same. They have the same games. The only one, the only reason you would choose one or the other is any exclusive games or content. Like, so if there's a game like Halo is only for the Xbox. So if you're going to play Halo, you're probably going to want an Xbox. Um, If you're going to play some of the PlayStation, like uh, exclusive games, then you would want a PlayStation. So at that point, it's really just a preference. I just want it to be the thing where it's like, okay, you like to do this. I don't want to take away something that you like to do. Playing video games can be fun. I played them when I was younger. If we played them, if we had like two, if we did get like a console type of thing that had two two player capabilities, like me and my husband would gladly play with him because we know that that's like important from all the experts that we've talked to, to show interest in the things that your kids are interested in and spend time doing those things with them. Like I'm fine with all that. I'm good with all of that. It's just, I want to keep it. I just want to simplify it. So it's just less stressful for me to have to manage. And I also worry about him being both of my kids with all of the tech available to them, being exposed to inappropriate things, being exposed Mm -hmm. to strangers, porn, all of those things. And I know it's all lurking out there and it's very possible to be exposed. It's very easy to be exposed to the content that you really are like, I would never want my kid to see that ever. And it's not healthy for them or good for them. Yeah. And so like, I'll dispel one rumor right now, like they will be exposed. Like hundred percent, they will see content that you would deem inappropriate. So the preparing them for that moment is really, really important. Even if you have all the parental control stuff in place, it like sneaks in somehow. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, um, even just online when you're like browsing through websites, um, some of these inappropriate websites will do what's kind of like called SEO hacking. So they basically optimize their website with using all the like search engine tools that they know um, to target like things that kids would be searching for, you know, so like Disney princess or whatever. And then they target that search keyword. And so they could just be searching for something completely innocent forever. I don't know if they've changed this. I think they have at this point, but, um, white house, like not.gov was a pornography site. So yeah, I think they've gotten like that back, but like, you know, in the beginning of the internet, that 
that was a thing. And so, you know, they'll target really innocent keywords and it's impossible for, you know, something like a, a web content filter to know everything that's out there. Right. So it's definitely going to happen. And even if your house is completely locked down, like Fort Knox, they get on the bus and somebody shows it to them on their phone. Yes. They are at a park and somebody, you know, shows them pornography. It's mm -hmm. going to happen no matter what you've got going on. Even if you have no technology yep. in your house. Uh, didn't you just do an event like just I to did. talk? Yeah. 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 So, um, the, the uh, book I recommend highly is good pictures, bad pictures. And that was written by Kristen Jensen. And I, I interviewed Kristen on my podcast. So, um, if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and check that out at family tech. Talk. I will, I will <laughs> link that up in the show notes so people can, can I have to I listen mean, to that one really too. Helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's all the prep. I mean, you know, to Sarah's point, it's like anything else you prepare your kids, you prepare your kids for what do you do if you're at a party and someone wants you to drink? What do you do if they want right. you to smoke weed? What do you do if, you know, so you're, somebody's drunk and you got to get in the car, you need a ride home. It's the same thing. Right. I mean, it's the prep, like what happens if, when, yeah. And just know that, uh, that it's going to happen. And I think that, I think I might be right in saying this, that even with younger kids, I mean, I think that a lot of parents are like, oh, we don't have to worry about that to middle school or, oh no, yeah. we don't have to worry about that to high school. No, but your kids are on buses. They do have older siblings. Their, their friends have older siblings. I mean, I, I, you know, that whole, not our problem. And I, we hear that a lot, you know, no, the alcohol thing, not our problem yet. We'll worry about that in high school. Not our, I, I, I kind of wish that I wish that was the case, but it's not. So that prep part is really important. It's anything you would do to keep your kids safe. Here's what you do if a stranger comes up to you. It's, I think you got to get in that mindset. I mean, I don't want to think yeah. the whole world's evil all the time, but I also don't think it's a good idea to be Pollyanna about it and be like, Oh, you know, no, it's the, I think that's a great thing is to talk about preparation. Not if this happens, probably more like, like when this might happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. But then, um, yeah. because I completely agree. It's exactly like, you know, alcohol or drug use or anything that's similar. You want to make sure they know exactly what they're going to do before that situation occurs because once the situation occurs it's too late and you know if they're gonna you know freak out or you yeah. know do whatever you want to be able to prepare them for that moment mm -hmm. i will link that's all those great. i will link those resources yeah, that's in the show notes so and add helpful. it to my august to-do list of yeah. all of my things to do you're running out of time chrissy oh my gosh sure. get on it. we got like you a got month we got weeks. a month <laughs> We'll fit it in. It'll be all right. It's going to happen. <laughs> She's like, I moved in now. I can I'm, do stuff now. I'm now. I've now been shamed into like prioritizing this to the top of my to-do list. You know. Um, I'll never hear the end of it. Oh, know. my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have some more questions for you, Sarah, specifically having to do with phones, making screen time limits, um, and some other things. So we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, Chrissy. How are you? Hi, Cheryl. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for the parent to parent groups to start up again. I'm excited to see everyone. I know me too. Almost everyone that attended in the spring said they would be returning too. So what are some of the topics this year? We have some really good ones planned. Our topics include sibling dynamics, family culture, balancing the busy and more. I'm sure it will inspire some great conversations. And it's still every month starting in October, right? Yes. Each group meets once per month from October to May. Okay, where do I go to register? I need to do this right now so each session is on my calendar. Go to dtownctc.org and click the Parent to Parent tab. If you select groups, you'll find the details. Perfect. I'm registering right now. Oh, I can't wait to see everyone. Me too. I'll see you real soon. All right, so we are back. And so I have a list of questions uh, that are related to lots of different aspects of tech. And we actually reached out to our team who are all parents themselves um, and other parents in the community to collect kind of just the top questions that we wanted to ask you. So Sarah, the first question I have for you is, do you have limits on screen time for your kids? And maybe you can review with us the ages of your kids and maybe what it looked like at different ages for them. Um, and if so, what does that look like in your home? 
Yeah. So definitely time limits and, and screen time uh, and parental controls. Uh, for my 17 year old, uh, I do not have screen time limits on her anymore. She's literally going to be 18 in less than a month. So um, like by that time, I have, you know, feel like I have taught her well enough so that I can, you know, be hands off by the time they turn 18. So, um, so she is definitely free of parental controls now at this point, but my 14 year old definitely still has very strict parental controls, um, and has had them, you know, for years and years and years. And the main thing I like to do, especially in the summertime is, uh, I start out with zero time. So like I shut down the internet and shut down the devices in the morning. And it's kind of something I end up doing every morning is I, I wake up really early and I'll just shut everything down. And then he has to do his chores, do other like things on his checklist. And then I'll open up the devices and the internet. And so that kind of makes sure he does what he needs to do first. And then he can have time, you know, on his screens. And then what I do though, is I open up like, you know, one hour at a time. So I don't really monitor how much time throughout the whole day that he is spending, but I will grant small windows of time. So I'll grant an hour and then at the end of the hour, his device is shut down, you know, and through parental controls, it just happens automatically. And so then he'll like request more time. And then I can say, oh, you know, have you taken out the trash? Have you, you know, uh, the dishwasher needs to be unloaded. Hey, why don't you go outside for a little bit? And then once he does, you know, whatever I've asked him to do, then I'll grant like another hour of time. And, and sometimes I'll just grant another hour right away, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, we've been really busy today. We've been out, you know, he can have some more time now. Um, but it really just kind of puts these natural breaks in so he can like get up, go to the bathroom, you know, move around. And so he's not just like on his screens for hours and hours and hours at a time. He's got these natural breaks where the time limit happens and then I can ask, you know, different questions. So when you say you're turning off the internet, like, does that mean, and I'm sorry, this is a dumb question, but like, does that mean like in the, in the morning, like, do you just shut like the internet off to your whole house? It's just off for the whole morning? Absolutely not because I still have to work. Right. Um. So that's why I'm like, what do you mean? Like, and I know you probably are going to be like, I have a video to show you how to do this, but. <laughs> well, no, I, um, so, uh, we talked, I think before we started recording, but the Griffin router okay. is what I use. So nice. really any, um, any router with built-in parental controls would allow you to assign devices to different users. So all I have to do is pause him as a user and all the devices that are assigned to him would have no internet access until I unpause the internet for him specifically. So, you know, each person in the house has you know, a user profile on my Griffin router. And then, you know, so if I need to pause for my daughter, need to pause for my husband or whatever, I can just pause the whole user and all the devices associated with that person um, would have no internet access. Sarah, you're my leader. And I will do anything that you tell me to do <laughs> because this sounds like a magical thing. Well, just yeah. because I think that's the thing too, because it's just, it takes, and let me ask you this. So when you pause it, like what's the vibe that you're getting back from your kid? Like, is it just, are have you been in this kind of give and take set up for so long that it's it this is like your norm now but like is there a point where it's like because a lot of times what we'll run into is like I'm in a match hold on hold on I need to do one more thing like how do you handle that or if you're met with that uh, yeah so the the good thing is yes we've had these you know controls in place forever and ever like I don't think they know without controls mm -hmm. so um but it will be like, you know, my son will be like, hey, I was in the middle of something like because his computer will shut down automatically. It usually will give them a warning um, depending on what kind of system it is. So like when I'm talking about pausing the Internet, that's really I only do that in the morning and the Internet is um, disabled to their devices during bedtime. Mm -hmm. So like there's a bedtime that's just set every night. Yep. So he knows at 10 o'clock yep. his Internet is going to get shut down on his devices. So he better not be in the middle of something at 10 o'clock because it's going to get shut down. Mm -hmm. But for like those hour time limits, um, 
like a, it's going to warn him. And then B sometimes he'll be like, Hey, can you just give me like five more minutes so I can shut down like what I was working on or whatever. And then I can just, you know, I'll grant five minutes right away so that he can close out whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, I'm, I don't get a lot of pushback because it's just the norm, mm-hmm. um, at this point. So, you know, in transition, I would maybe be a little more like, well, you know, it, the, this is going to happen at this specific time. So you need to be prepared for it. Okay. And just, and I think a part of this too, is that, and maybe other parents have told you this, is that one of the things I think that's really exhausting is having the emotional dysregulated vomit come at you from your kids of just (laughs) them. And you're just, and you have to just stay steady like everything else with parenting and be consistent and say, Mm -hmm. your time is up. I'm really sorry. You can be mad about that but your time is up and you have to let them have their feelings and be mad and eventually they'll get over it. But I think that's also something where, you know, and then it goes into, I'm bored. I can't find anything else to do. Like, you know, all of those things where it's just like, well, I guess you're bored then because I have to work or I have to do X, Y, Z. So, you know, that's just, I think it, there's a piece of this. And I just was talking to a friend about this yesterday of where just, and maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. Maybe it, I, I feel like it is. I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but I feel like it might be of just like, we don't want our kids to be mad at us and ha- <laughs> maybe have a, you know, like sometimes you just, it's, and you don't want to deal mm-hmm. with the power struggle because it's exhausting. So it's easier just to be like, yeah, whatever. Instead of just, because I guess what you're, you're fortune telling that you're telling us is it does get easier once the kids get into the rhythm of the system. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like I, like I said, I, I don't get any pushback on it because it's just how it is. It sounds like a magical, yeah. a magical land that you live in. <laughs> magical place. You're just, yeah. Cause you're just going to have to go through that phase, the adjustment phase mm-hmm. of like with anything change adjustment yeah. phase to kind of ride, you know, ride that one through. Well, the thing is the alternative, right. the alternative are the things you're dreading. Right. Yeah. And we're already yeah. halfway down that rabbit hole, clearly, as we started this podcast that we found. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to like, like write that. this ship right away. Obviously. Write the ship. Um, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. So okay. I, I, you won't, um, you won't have a smooth sailing for, you know, for a little bit of time for sure. But, um, but yeah, it'll get better. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I take Sarah your word a for disclaimer it. Here. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no, I believe you. <laughs> Sorry, you're gonna make your kids real mad. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. They can be mad. That's why I have my own therapist and I do my meditation app. It's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that as I, you know, sitting here like absorbing and listening to all this, um, I think the good news is that as Sarah's described and 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 has on her you know, her resources on YouTube and Instagram and the other materials that she has for parents, there are technical things that can be done, right? So there are things in the actual devices and in the equipment and stuff, these parental controls and these routers that kind of make the job a little bit easier in a way, because there is some way to physically control this. But I was just going to ask, is there, um, I think you made the point, Sarah, that it's not a hundred percent foolproof, right? It is not right. a, a, a uh, there's not a force field around everything. So is there just sort of a little bit of a messaging or something that you want to share with parents? Is there anything else that they could be doing or to manage this that maybe goes beyond some other helpful hints that go beyond just hoping that your controls and routers are doing your job? As a yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what would that be like? Just yeah, yeah, like some of those thoughts, some of your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I like to, you know, inappropriate content or things that you are trying to protect your kids from, I similarly would say it's like you put that in a safe and you lock the safe. And then you put that safe in your car and you lock the car and that car is in your garage, which is in your house, which you lock. So there's, if somebody wants to get to the thing that's in that safe, they can get it right? Mm. They have to break into your house and then break into your garage and then break into your car and then break into the safe. And then they'll get, they get the content. So it's not that you're going to completely protect that item because it's in that safe, but it's going to be a lot more difficult to get to 
Yeah. So with the parental controls and with content filters in place, those are just more like locks on those doors. So it's a little harder to get to that content, a little harder to get to it accidentally and things like that. But if you're really looking for it or like, you know, you can get there. And so you can't just be completely hands off and, um, you know, okay, I've got all these things in place. Nothing ever is going to happen. You know, nothing's a hundred percent foolproof, as you mentioned, and it's going to happen. And so having these conversations with your Mm -hmm. kids, preparing them for when they do come across the content, uh, you know, role-playing different scenarios of, Hey, you know, if this is going to happen, this is what I'm going to do and having those conversations. Um, and then I, I think, one of you said earlier, like something about, you know, the news comes out and it's kind of scary. Something's going on. And so I like to take those news articles and like talk to my kids about it. Hey, did you see this, you know, this kid who, you know, harmed himself because um, he sent inappropriate pictures and then he was getting blackmailed for it. You know, what would you do like to not be in this situation. And so it's not a scary place. You're not like trying to terrify them of like stranger danger. I think that's the one thing that, you know, us generation X got, like you were saying with the, like the puppies in the cars and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's your password? What's your, what's our family secret word? Yeah. We were ingrained with that stranger danger. And that's something that like, we're not really passing on to our kids, but where like, you know, we're not, we don't want to frighten them, but we just want to say, Hey, this is something that is out there and I want to make sure you're ready for it. Yeah. I love that. And that's the same thing, Chrissy, that we were talking about, you know, previous podcasts and previous programs, when we're talking about what do you do in alcohol? What do you do about, you know, drugs being offered to you? What do you do if you got to get in the car? Somebody's been drinking. And I mean, it's the same. All of it to me is, is, and it's kind of these teachable moments. I was the parent who my poor kid, Sarah, grew up back in the day with me and listening to NPR and tormenting them with NPR for <laughs> years in the car, driving back and forth from school. But I was the one who would say, hey, I saw this article. I heard this on NPR. And they're like, oh, no, here she goes. It's going to be yeah. some tragic thing that we're now going to have to be on high alert for because mom heard it on NPR. It's the same thing. And they yeah. they laugh about it now, but it did stick with them. Right. And, I, you know. I don't know how useful it, but I do need, I do believe that they registered that I was like, so what would you do if this happened to you? What was this? Yeah. And they didn't fall into any of those traps, did they? They did not that I know of. Yeah. I, I truly believe there are things that happen that I am very naively unaware of. And I love that about that, that I don't know. But in general, I think that would still be my recommendation is to be prepared, you know, kind of like a Swiss army knife, like, okay, here's yeah. all your options. Well, and I think, and I think that's the thing of just like, you know, you, like, I felt like, especially when we got for my one kid and both of my kids, like, I feel like time to me was a big thing of like, because you're being sedentary, it's very passive. And also I feel like when my kids, both of them and they're six and 10, when they get off devices, they're very, they can be very cranky or very instantly to be like, what am I going to do now? I'm so bored and whiny and just, it's not great. And so to me, I felt like a parental control I put in place was like, we would set it like a little kitty cat timer that I bought because it was cute. But like, I'd be like, when this timer goes off, all of it, it's shut down because I never put that extra layer of the parental controls, which clearly I'm going to be doing as soon as possible. Um, as soon but, as this podcast But ends, I was like, look out kids. That's all Your I'm doing. Is about to just well, come to a screeching halt. 100%. Like, oh, she recorded be, a podcast with family tech. It's going it. to be the reckoning over here. Okay. And so, but so, but like, if, you know, so I thought time was a big piece of it, which it sounds like it is. And it's interesting. Do you feel like one hour for time limits is a sweet spot where you feel like, because it seems like that's the time that you give at least your 14-year-old. Do you, and I guess my other question is, do you feel like now that you have a 17-year-old, assuming you did these same things with her, that she is able to regulate her tech use pretty well on her own? Because I think for all of us, that's the goal. And we can't foresee that in the future because they seem so just like flies to a light, like, you know, moths to a flame, whatever, you know, it is. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, a couple of the like things where I'm like, okay, I I feel like I'm doing some some good things here. Um, you know, my daughter during the school year last year um, said, hey, mom, I like, you know, my homework is getting a little behind. Um, I need to disable Instagram on my phone for a week. Like, can you just tell me that I'm grounded and, and I'll disable it? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're grounded. Yeah. And so, <laughs> But I like she, that. I know. So she came to me with that, you know, cause sometimes it is difficult even, you know, even for somebody who has had these regulations in place to regulate themselves. And sometimes they can see that they need a little bit of help to get regulated. And so she saw that like, okay, Hey, I need a little bit of extra help. Um, and I'm like, do you need me to put parental controls on your phone and I'll disable it. She's like, no, 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 I can disable it through the, like, cause there's, um, you know, in, even in my phone, the digital wellbeing, um, I have a, a Samsung, I use Android, um, but iOS, you can do screen time on your own device as right. well. And so, you know, she's like, oh no, I'll just set it up in, in digital wellbeing and I'll disable my access to, um, to Instagram for a week. And I'm like, okay, great. That sounds great. You know, but I love that she was able to recognize that this was distracting her from her homework yep. and that she needed to do something a little bit extra to help regulate that. Um, and so, so that was like, that was a huge parenting win for me on 100%. that day. Yeah. And then what, how old was she when you just, when you stopped using the limits on stuff? If she's 17, did you wait till she was like 16, 17? Yeah, definitely after 17. Um, I, I think mainly she got a new phone. Um, like her, she had had her old phone for a while and she was already 17. And so I just didn't put anything okay. on it on the new phone because, you know, and it's been years of like monitoring and, yeah. and checking in and all of these things. So I, I know kind of what to expect. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at that point I feel comfortable. I'm like, oh, okay, we got you a new phone you know, we don't need to like set up all the parental controls and stuff, you know, yeah. you're over 17, let's just go with it. Right. Um, and so I think that was the transition there was just getting a new phone, but she was already over 17. So, so if there's people, parents that are listening to this and they feel, and this was one of the questions from another parent too. And, and I also obviously have this going on at times at my house and they, you know, what would you say is like your advice for a first step for a parent who feels like it's just all gotten out of control? Like they have to reel it back in just with like all their kids want to do is be on screens all the time. If they're not playing video games, they're on their phone. If they're not on their phone, they're on an iPad. Like there's just devices around to use all of the time. And they try to put these things in place and their kids just find a way around it and might be sneaky and kind of deceptive to use things. And you know, I was speaking to a parent and they said, you know, I just feel like I'm failing my kids, but I can't get it under control. And I, I, I feel frustrated because I feel like I'm doing a bad job because I think this isn't good for them. And I'm trying to put some limits in place, but I can't seem to get a hold of it. And it's just, I, I, they just feel like it's completely out of control. How, what would your recommendation be for a parent who's feeling like that to, to get that sense of control back and to kind of reel it back in? Cause it could also be like their kids behavior. They might be aggressive, very cranky. Like, you know, there's a lot of behavior and emotional things that are tied to that too. Yeah. Um, I'm actually creating a, a tech reset, like a 10 day tech reset. Oh, um, yes challenge, um, which would, I, I, it's not finished yet. So, uh, stay tuned, but, um, but that would maybe good, be a good place to start, um, is to just kind of do a reset where it, and the reset challenge that I'm creating is not a like complete detox. Um, it's because, you know, I still need to use my technology, you know, kids need to communicate with their friends and things like that, but it's being more intentional about the technology use. So, you know, when you're kind of in that beginning stage, you know, maybe a little bit of a detox is good. Um, you know, put all the devices away, but, you know, plan something like go on a hike or go camping or, you know, do something that kind of gets them away from all of that, just to have that little bit of a detox at the beginning. And then, okay, when we come back, this is how it's going to work. 
and, you know, setting up the parental controls, you know, maybe at the beginning, limit the number of devices if they've got like a phone and a tablet and a computer and a gaming system, you know, like, okay, we're going to like rein it back. So like, you know, you can use your phone for this week, you know, and then as I get parental controls in place, we'll add different things back, you know, so you're not completely taking everything away. Um, and that's what one thing I don't like about like, kids getting grounded and getting their entire phone taken away. I prefer to just like disable specific apps that they really like to use. Um, because when you take their phone away, you are also taking away their communication with the outside world. And like, so with their friends, they can't coordinate like going somewhere with their friends because they can't communicate because they all use their phones. So, you know, just making sure that, um, you understand the importance of, what they are doing on technology to them, you know? So again, like with something like Snapchat, I, I wouldn't recommend Snapchat for anyone that's like under 16, but, mm-hmm. um, but for something like Snapchat, they have these like streaks where yeah. I basically base my relationship on how long my streak is with different friends. And so if I have a longer streak, that means I'm a better friend. And so when they're grounded or something like that, they'll actually give their password to somebody else to keep their streaks alive. And, you know, that's a huge, like terrible precedent to set to like give your password to somebody else. So, you know, in those situations, okay, you're grounded from Snapchat, but I'll let you access your Snapchat on my phone for 15 minutes every day to just like keep your streak alive. And then, you know, and then you can go back, you know, so being really um, generous about like, you know, the kind of, things you're taking away at the beginning just to understand what's really important to them um, and and have them like maybe make a list of like the things that are super important for them to do every day um, and go from there when you are kind of trying to scale back and be more intentional about the technology use. I, we're going away. My family is. No, no. <laughs> you're whispering like, okay, here's the plan. Here's the plan. We're, we're going, going away. Going away. Going away. And- in a couple, we're gonna, in a week yeah. or a little, like almost less than two weeks, just for three nights and four days. I'm not taking anything. I just wrote down reset at beach. We're going to, I'm not taking anything with us. Right. And we're just, they yeah. can watch TV. I'm not taking anything. We're driving. It's two hours away. It's not like it's far. I'm not sure, taking yeah. any, no, but I'm not taking anything. I'm not going to do it. No iPad. No. Ta- only thing we would take would be an I- the iPad and a tablet. I'm not taking yeah. it. And they have to, they can watch the TV that's in the room. No. That's what they can watch if no. they want to watch something. You know? I love that. And that's it. I love that, Chrissy. And that'll I, be an escape. You should travel with me. The thing me. is, they're going to be busy when all day. We're going to be at the <laughs> beach in the pool all day. It's, it's, it's the thing. Yeah, it's like, exactly. it's not like we're going to be right. sitting around doing nothing. So it's it's automatically creating a time where there would be little time for screens anyway. Right. Um, but there's a TV in the room so they can watch the TV. And I'm going to do a little reset. <laughs> and then maybe, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Thank this you, Sarah. So good. Or you. Sounds like Chrissy. a great plan. I love that. And if you start traveling with me when I'm out West all the time uh-huh, and I'm hiking uh-huh. and we're climbing and there's, there's no places with no cell, service, no cell service, it's just like the best thing in the world. You're like mm-hmm. out there going like this. Yeah. When we did, just take, let me take it them was, it was to quite, where Sarah lives. It, we're right. going out West where I spend yeah. my time and going, it got was, no cell service hey, in this national park. Oh, well. it was, yeah. it was quite magical when we didn't have internet at our house. We had like a couple weeks where we just, we didn't have internet yeah. because we didn't have it in the new house put in yet. And we would come right. here and they would whine and cry. And then eventually they would find something to do and they figured it out. And so now that also has evaporated now that <laughs> the internet is back. But all right, I'm going to do the Xfinity gonna, guys yeah. showed up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been rescued. Yeah, right. Xfinity's here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. So again, this is something I know very little about. However, I'm going to ask the question. And because I, I feel like the phone thing, the thing about phones is is quite a big deal. And so what is your view? So again, I will remember that my kids did not have phones till high school and they were flip phones. And they were so cool because there was this goofy flip phone where you could only, you you put in like four numbers that your kids could call. Like, it, I don't know what it was called. It was like, I, you know, it was on our Verizon plan at the time. And so they got it and I programmed like the four people that they could talk to. And this was pre-texting. So that didn't even exist. I really wish I could find that vintage phone right now. Um, <laughs> because I think it'd be pretty funny to, to, to give it back to them again. Um, but what is your view on kids and cell phones 
you know, whether it's age, whether it's use, whether it's whatever about these things and how do we prepare kids to use? Because what I love that you started this podcast with and mentioned it a few other times is intentional use over mindless. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like I, that mantra I think is so important. So how does that apply to phones? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of things that I do, um, I don't like to say a hard, fast rule, like, you know, when your kid goes to junior high is when they should get a phone or things like that, because there's so many different situations where, you know, maybe it's a split family and they need a phone a lot sooner. So there's definitely ways that you can kind of step them through all of these um, technologies and it kind of go simple to begin with. So like at the beginning, I really like um, the, like, you know, a smartwatch. So there's, you know, Cosmo, there's the Gizmo from Verizon, you know, just these like really basic, I can only call those specific numbers, like Beth Ann was saying, um, and it's only programmed in and it's really, really safe. And then, um, you know, once they kind of master that, so my son really wanted a phone, right? As all kids do. Uh, And so I'm like, well, you're not even bringing your watch places. So I'm not going to get you a phone yet until you are using your watch responsibly. And so, you know, if you're not going to bring it and I'm not going to be able to communicate with you, then there's no point in you having a phone because you're obviously not ready. Mm. And so, you know, helping them like with that technology first and then going to the next step, which would be like a kid's safe smartphone. So there's um, Bark has a phone. There's True Me has a phone. Um, Pinwheel has a phone. Um, there's a lot of like kids safe smartphones that have limited access to different apps and different, um, you know, some of them don't have websites or you don't have access to any social media or anything. They're just a lot safer um, options than like a full phone, you know? And then again, once they've mastered that, okay, you've been using this really responsibly and now you're ready for social media. So if you're ready for social media, we can upgrade you to an Android device. Um, And then the Android device, because it is um, better for monitoring. If you give your child an iPhone, it is very difficult difficult to monitor the content on that. Hmm. So um, it's because Apple's um, uh, Apple's built in privacy settings um, will protect the privacy of its users, even if that user is a 10 year old. So, oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So it's very difficult to monitor an iPhone. So, you know, the, the next step after a kid's safe smartphone would be an Android device where you can have proper monitoring in place and have um, the parental controls in place that you need. And so then after they've used the Android for a while and you've been monitoring their content, you know, by the time you're ready to let go at like 17 or whatever, and, you know, fine, go ahead and get an iPhone, you know, do yeah. whatever. And and now we're going to be hands off, but kind of stepping them through those technologies, um, it really helps them, you know, I, we kind of liken it to, um, learning how to drive, you know, mm, yeah. you know, just going to exactly. say, you know, at 16, okay, go drive. You know, you want to step them through. Okay. Now first you're going to watch me drive and then you're going to be in the driver's seat and we're going to like drive around a parking lot. And then they, maybe we'll wander onto some streets, you know, just kind of going through those elevations. And now you know how to drive and you can drive by yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then yeah. you also do, do have, like- can you talk a little bit about your contract, the family media plan, the contract for using that you have that you, that I got? Cause I signed up for your email newsletter. <laughs> so I'm going to use that. Like when we, when I, when the reckoning at my house with tech, happens. when the reckoning <laughs> happens, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the contract, like, cause there's a lot of things, um, that I think other contracts, cause there's a lot of tech contracts that there you are. can find out there. I like yours um, very much and better than other ones that I found actually. I do too, but, yeah. <laughs> but I think the main reason is the first 
thing is just kind of things that you should understand about technology. And I think that just really helps you have a conversation about, you know, okay, no, privacy does not exist. And this is what's inappropriate in our house and just things that they should understand. And we check those things off, you know, and then the next section would be like, okay, these are the things that I promise to do. Like I promise to put my phone away when I'm talking to somebody or like I promise to not send naked pictures to people or, um, or I promise to have parental controls and that I'm, I'm not going to reset my password or I'm not going to try and circumvent your parental controls, you know, and then there's the section that I think, again, a lot of other ones forget is the things that I'm going to promise to do. So I'm going to promise to, um, approve time requests in or time or app requests in a timely manner, you know, or I'm also going to put my phone away when I'm talking to you and, other things that like I'm going to prom and I'm going to promise to not overreact if you come to me um, with, you know, that I've come across something inappropriate or I've done this, you know, so things that I'm also going to promise because it's a contract. So it should be two ways. So, um, so I, those are the kind of things that I believe should be in a tech contract. Um, and those are in mind. <laughs> It seems just in the language that you use and in the pieces of it, it's like there's the kid piece, there's the parent piece, it's what everyone's agreeing to do. And like things like you're agreeing that this um, this device is a responsibility and a privilege and that if you don't do X, Y, Z, that this is a privilege that can be taken away and that privacy doesn't exist. So trusting you, but also, and privacy aren't like directly related in a way like I can trust you but I also can ask for your phone to look at your discord messages or your Instagram (laughs) or whatever it happens to be of who you're following like because yes you have the use of the device but you're the child and I'm the parent so this is how this is going to work and like just setting those expectations from the start and maybe putting that somewhere where everyone can review it. Well, here's what the contract says. And it also takes right. it off of you too, a little bit, the heat of like, well, let's look at the agreement. Let's look at our contract. Let's look at what we all agreed to and what the expectations are and what our responsibilities are. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, we could talk to you all day. We've kept you way longer yeah. than needed. I'm so sorry, but I. No, you're totally it's, fine. It's I so mean, great and I'm, so balanced. I love that. It's, it's just a lot and, because, but I think it is like the reframe of like, okay, when our kids leave us at 18, you want them to be prepared to use these screens. It's not like screens are going to be a part of their life. And also we're role modeling to them that screens are a part of our lives all the time with our mini computers in our pockets all day long. So it's just one of those things where this, I feel better in a weird way that I feel like Mm -hmm. I have tools in place to be able to, handle this because I think it's like you have to have a level of acceptance to be like okay this is where we're at and unless we're like literally removed like moving off the grid to the land of no internet and choosing to just go scorched earth like we can there is a way to live with tech in an intentional balanced way but you have to kind of say okay if you want that that's the goal but to achieve that goal then it can't just be about time limits you really have to sign up for getting on top of things. And that's kind of what, yeah, that's your Mm -hmm. piece in making this Mm -hmm. goal happen. But then the reward in the end is your kid saying, I need to take a pause from Instagram for a week because I have to study for my finals or whatever. And that's really the ultimate goal. So it's like, it, there is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like all of parenting every, it's just a very long game. Like (laughs) the days are long, but the years are short, like that whole thing. And you have a lot to teach them in these long days and short years. But if you can get ahead of it, there are some good things in the end. So thank you so much for taking the time Absolutely. to talk with us today. This is great. Of course. Yeah. Happy yeah. to be here. So can you just share um, your handle and where everyone can find you and get more information about family tech? Yeah. So if you look up family tech on any platform, it's me. Um, so I have the, the username family tech everywhere. Um, so whatever platform is your favorite, just search for family tech and you will find me. Um, and then my podcast is family tech talk. So again, if you search family tech on your favorite podcast platform, you will also find me. Thank you everyone for joining us today. You will find information and links to everything we talked about in the show notes and be sure to click subscribe or follow in your podcast app so you can stay up to date on our latest episodes. And if you are liking our pod, we would love it if you would share it with a friend or leave a review for us, especially in Apple Podcasts, because that will help other parents find our show. 
So thanks, Sarah, again, for joining us. You're the best. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.